0: This is Reverend Todd Sloggett. I am at HMA headquarters on the third floor of the HMA building, downtown Sepulpa, Oklahoma, overlooking Route 66 behind me and railroad tracks to the right of me. Um, I think they've pretty well closed up our operations for the evening, so hopefully that'll keep the noise to a minimum. I've had a little bit of an issue here lately with uh, some fluctuating sound on these videos, so we've changed some stuff up. Hopefully we fix it. If not, we're just going to keep working through it till we get it better. Uh, anyway, I appreciate everybody's support. This is, uh, <coughs> excuse me, podcast number 36. It's called "Your Christian Identity: Your Christian Identity." seemed like we were kind of in a slump there for a little bit. We were doing weekly podcasts, but the response wasn't quite as much. Um, the quality, you know, seemed like I was just kind of forcing, making sure I got some out every week. The last two weeks, I think have been a lot better. And, and honestly, the, the response to the last two podcasts have just been absolutely overwhelming. Uh, more emails and texts and private messages and uh, that I can even possibly get to phone calls. I haven't even called some of you back. I appreciate everyone so very much for being supportive. We have many ministries going on many fundraisers going on all kinds of things going on and everybody has just been overwhelmingly supportive and responsive to me my family our missions our ministries and i appreciate that so much check us out at hma hmaministries.com hma we've sold a lot of booklets and books and seminars cds dvds here lately uh check out our uh hma fundraiser golf tournament coming up in a few weeks. We've got some announcements in the next few days for the HMA Retreat Conference that isn't going to get to be put on this year like normal, but we're going to tell you what's going to be happening in its place and uh, just just lots and lots of things. I, I have a birthday fundraiser on Facebook right now, um, so jump in, do something, uh, be a part, go back and listen to the last couple of podcasts if you haven't yet. Um, this evening's podcast is about uh, your Christian identity your Christian identity I uh, just want to have a conversation about something that's been heavy on my heart early in the mornings um, I get up real early in the mornings most of the time and that's when I do a lot of my praying and thinking and and um, this Christian identity has been heavy heavy on my heart Let me read a couple of verses Genesis one and twenty six said and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. The original creation, when God made us humans, the whole point and purpose was for us to be like Him. For us to be in the image of God, the likeness of God. Our entire identity, the fact that we had dominion over the earth and the birds and the fish and the animals, the fact that we were a a, a free moral agent population. The fact every, everything was that, that we were in the likeness and image of God. The, the original human identity. Adam and Eve's identity were in the fact that they were here to be like the Lord. Our Christian identity must be Christ. Our Christian identity must be completely about our personal relationship moment to moment to the Lord. And I fear that more often than not, it is not. Not only is our identity not in the Lord, our Christian identity often is not directly, primarily in the Lord. Our identity oftentimes is in who we got saved under. Who our pastor is or was. Who our parents or grandparents are. Where we currently go to church as opposed to where we used to or where someone else goes. The size and growth and direction of the the church that we attend, that we're a part of. Where we stand In the local fellowship. If we are being quote used on the platform or not. If we're currently quote approved of the leaders or not. In other words our identity is in the parts of religion that man controls as opposed to the purity of the religion that makes up the character of Christ. I'll give some examples of why this topic has has risen to the top for me this week. Over the last decade or a little less of my ministry, I've seen more movement in the movement. More people willing to stop going to one church and start going to another church or willing to attend services in more than just one church at a time, for example. Ooh, yeah, I'm going to touch a sacred cow here. Something considered completely inappropriate for decades and decades in our circles and still very, very taboo in in many places. It has long been considered especially inappropriate for somebody to stop going to church where they were raised and start attending service somewhere else. There are, of course, many, many reasons why this might happen in someone's life that would be completely within the will of God, just perhaps not in the will of certain men of God. As a Christian leader for almost two and a half decades Myself, being over Sunday school departments and outreach ministries and affiliate churches and and, and dozens of ministers and hundreds of ministry workers, I will be the first one to tell you, it is very difficult to see God's will in someone leaving you. It is very difficult to see God's will in someone leaving your ministry. I've struggled with it at least as much as anyone else. I can name you the top three people that when they left my ministry, I was completely against it, tried to talk them out of it, tried to put them in a box and make it difficult for them to to make that. Even after the way I was treated years ago, some of you know about it, I still fell into similar traps much later on, because it is so hard. And, and all three of those, there's been many, and I hopefully I think I've gotten much, much better. But but the three that I can name that were the, the most difficult, that I was sure it wasn't the will of God, and I fought it tooth and nail right down to the last. All three of those, I can look and tell you right now, they're exactly where God means for them to be. And, and it was the will of the Lord for them to do that, but I, I couldn't have admitted that at the time. But that's my fault, my weakness, my mistake, my lack of spirituality. We must admit that that some of that, much of that is in our false teachings of where a Christian's identity ought to be. We should be teaching saints to put their worth their trust and their identity in Christ instead of in being with us. I'm sure that almost every minister leader in the world would would state that they, they do just that, that they teach Christians that their worth and their trust and their identity is in Christ. But let me ask a couple questions then. How is it that so many Christians are so incredibly biased towards the exact type of Christian that they were, quote, raised to be. Whether they know anything about the atonement, or anything about the omniscient qualities of God, or or they can't even comfortably lead one person to the cross. Yet so often, churchgoers know very little about the power of fasting, very little about the intentions of prayer, and many other very important, really kindergarten components of our faith, when what they do know is the very strong arguments that are pro whatever distinction that they are from the rest of the Christian body. Biblical or otherwise... Baptists seem to know a whole lot about being Baptist. They know a whole lot because they've been taught a whole lot about what separates them from everybody that's not Baptist. Pentecostals know a lot. Almost everything that most of them know is about being Pentecostal. They're very, very, very strong, taught, and indoctrinated on the points that make them different than everybody else. And they still don't know the basics of Christianity. Lutherans, Mormons, Presbyterians, they all know a lot about being their flavor of the faith while still not knowing the basic, necessary, powerful things that we all should know in order to have a strong personal relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and be able to promote Him in the world while we're in the world and win others to Him, which is our job. Many of us have very strong relationships with our ministers, Very strong relationships to our pastors. Very strong relationships to our local body. Strong relationships with the key players in our local fellowship. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, there's some very good things about that until that becomes a part of and sometimes an overwhelming majority of our religious identity. We identify more with being holiness or Pentecostal or uh, to this local church with this church name or to this local pastor who's the leader of the group that we belong. We identify our, our religiousness more with that than we do with Christ than we do with just the Bible, period. Than we do with just the relationship that's created in us and with us and through us by the power of the Holy Ghost back to the Father. There's so many problems with that. I, I, I could tell you one of the biggest problems, and this is one of the reasons why this came up, I want you to really think about I, I know I'm saying things some people don't like. I understand that. I understand who watches these videos to see if they can find something else to get me with. I, I get it. Don't worry about it. Focus on truth we're trying to produce here. Uh, I know lots of people. Dozens and dozens. Probably, I don't know. 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. I, I couldn't tell you. I know lots of people. Many of you know lots of people that they were raised very strict one way or another way or a different way, very hardcore one flavor or a different flavor, and then they backslid. And while they're backslid, they sleep around or they shack up or they smoke or drink or whatever. But there are some things, bless God, they wouldn't cross that for nothing. I know multiple women that, that are second married, third married, living with a guy not married, smoke cigarettes, drink alcohol, go to bars, parties, swear, but never cut their hair wouldn't dare put on a pair of pants. Yes, I do know those people. Some of you know those people. I know multiple men that backslid, lived wild, got on drugs, and and good men of God from around the country, ministers that that God called to do the kind of work that these people need in their lives, went to these men and tried to help them. And as soon as they found out that those men eat out on Sundays or, or, or uh, wear short sleeves in the pulpit or they won't have nothing to do with them. They won't let them help them get off drugs. They won't let them help them get their life straight. They won't let them help them lead, find their way back to Christ because they're not the flavor. Something's wrong, church. Stop getting so offended when somebody touches on the little thing that's your little pet thing. We've got to find our way back to the foot of the cross. We've got to find our way back to the Spirit of Christ. And and every Christian's identity is Jesus, or should be. We can't have an identity just being this Flavor of Christianity, this label of Christianity, this type of church person. All of that's going to exist, but that's not our identity. Our identity is Christ. Our identity is the attributes of God, love and peace and joy and mercy and long-suffering and kindness. That's our identity. That's who we are in God. There's been lots of people for this reason or that reason or another reason that needed to move from one place to another, to, to shift from one uh, situation to another, to, to be able to grow in God or to be able to survive or to be able to get to the, another level or, or, or whatever it is. And sometimes the church's system of, of the identity that we have has to be under this man or, or in this style or with this group of people or with this look or this flavor or this whatever. And, and God has his will at times in people's lives to, to shift and move. And, and if that's not allowed, we could end up fighting the plan of God in somebody's life. I know, I know what you all thinking. There's church hoppers and there's the grasshoppers and there's the people that make excuses. I can't help them right now. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about genuinely having your personal identity as a Christian directly in Christ and letting Him lead you and you not being bound by some little clique or clan or group or thing that doesn't allow that. There are so many problems with this. Not the slightest of which is if we all have to agree with each other in our little group and nobody can ever disagree. And if anybody gets off from what we all have decided on, then then they're wrong. And that's a problem that we got to hurt them or hate them or run them off or get them back in check or whatever what happens when we get off are you telling me you know a group of a hundred men that once they all decide something they will never be wrong again so the first person that comes along to thinks something different is automatically the enemy when we don't know if that's necessarily true or not. And the Bible also said in Galatians, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. Not, not put on American Christianity, not put on Western civilized culture, churchism, not put on whatever label is on the uh, your fellowship or whatever name is on the door or the sign of your church, but put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. And if you be Christ's, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise If someone is Christ's, what if they're not ours? What if they weren't ours and they become ours? What if they are ours and they're leaving us? Do you or me automatically get to decide at that point if they're Christ's or not? God help me not make that determination for fear of being wrong. The personal walk with Christ for each individual is what we're supposed to be building and encouraging and striving for and teaching to encourage and preaching to build up. I've been in and out of dozens of ministries and fellowships across the globe, and there is so little preaching about this. So little preaching anymore. I've met some people out of the the Chinese uh, house churches and some people um, that came from the Malagasy churches in Madagascar and a few places that seem like They're still preaching and teaching the purity of just giving you the tools and giving you the weapons and giving you the understanding to make you have a better life with Christ and be a better servant of Christ instead of what we're used to, which is so much of the pulpit time and the lectern time and the discipleship time, if there even is any, that is really... Geared towards directly or maybe even very subtly, sneakily even at times, not always. But sometimes geared towards not so much giving you the pure teachings of Christ, but giving you the pure teachings of us. Teaching you how to stay and be what we believe you're supposed to be. You can go almost anywhere and catch little subtleties and not-so-subtleties in sermon after sermon and message after message that is simply put, the speaker attempting to hone your identity in something above and beyond just Christ. And many of you know me as a particular style or type of minister in a little particular style and type of ministries and fellowships. but And that's where a lot of you are getting off on my videos and on my teachings. My This audience is so big. I'm trying my hardest to focus on things that will help everybody. and ev- And a lot of you that just know me from the last 20 years or so think that I'm just picking out just who you and I know and I'm not. It's everywhere. And we all need to work on it including me. I know great men and women of God that have fallen for such. I know an entire generation that is trying to not fall for such. Sometimes great Pastors will pastor for so long and be so blessed of God at pastoring so that they cannot stand the thought of not pastoring or the thought of others seeing them as not pastoring. I know great men that pastored for decades but uh, allowed pastoring to become their identity. And they stayed too long and they hurt their own cause or they stepped down and they felt like they were worthless. So they they went and took some little struggling work somewhere and they finally felt good again because they were back in charge of something religious again. Well, How do you know that's what happened? Because that's what they told me. I, I, I know a handful of elder men of God. Said very very similar things to this. Now I'm not going to mention them. Last time I mentioned names. Uh, anyway, let that go. <laughs> I'm not going to mention names. Not even my friends, if I can help it, because their their friends or relatives or somebody may take that and go say I'm trying to, whatever. I'm telling you. I personally know some great men of God, and so do many of you that did some that fell for some of these things. They're not evil, bad, wrong, but they get to a point in their life where they can admit, just like I'm looking back and admitting on the three ways that I handled, that, or the three situations I handled wrong when those three men of God left my ministry, and they get to a point and they're like, I, I did, I stayed too long. Or I did, I, I, I didn't feel like I was of any use not pastoring, so I went and I got another pastorate. that's that's us acknowledging that we had our identity in things that weren't necessarily what our identity should have been in i have several close personal friends right now their their grandpa was a pastor and their dad was a pastor or their grandpa was a great great preacher and their dad's an amazing great preacher and 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 Either they tried to preach or they preached for a while or or some people tried to get them to preach. And and it's almost like, like their identity is marred, their identity's weak, their identity's shallow, because they've never filled that which men decided their identity should be. Th- that person's identity should be the same identity mine and yours and his dad's and his grandpa's and everybody else's. It should be in Christ. I'm not I'm not blaming anyone. For all I know, I'll end up in the exact same boat. God help me. But but this I know, God did put me here to start and run and spread HMA and outreach and loving the least and the last and the lost and thinking outside the box but inside the Bible. But I must grasp for myself before this my mortal life is over that I'm here to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Christianity, Christ's likeness is to be my identity. Or I've missed it. With or without HMA. With or without the saving place. With or without my holiness brothers and sisters. With or without my amazing pastor and the and the wonderful church and fellowship that I belong to, I must be in him. The difference is if my identity is being the president and founder of HMA Ministries and starting ministries and raising funds for outreach and and preaching those sermons like uh, when a cactus blooms and and the culture Christian, the cultic Christian, the cross-eyed Christian and drop the pail, jump the rail, hit the trail. and To some of you, that is my identity, but it cannot be my identity to me. If that's my identity, then my mark and my purpose and my abilities are limited to whenever there's an outreach opening or whenever an amount of money is needed for ministry or whenever a meeting is scheduled. But if my identity is in Christ, then I'm not limited because I can be Christ-like and show the likeness and the love of God when I'm buying tools and when I'm changing attire and when I'm going to work and and, and when, when I meet a stranger and when I attend a church service that I'm scheduled to preach and when I attend a church service that I just dropped in as a visitor on. I can be Christ-like when people like me. I can be Christ-like when people don't like me. I can be Christ-like when people agree with me and I can be Christ-like when people don't agree with me. There is enough of the understanding of how to be like Jesus in the holy book that I have several personal copies of that I can be like Jesus anytime, anywhere if I so choose to be. And that is could and should be my identity. And the person that has the identity of being like Jesus could also be the president of HMA, could also be the night speaker of such and such meeting, and could also be sweeping the floor over here in the hallway. If your identity is based on very stringent, narrow, man-developed set of people, places, things, and specific ideas, your identity is greatly narrowed from God's intention for you and your life, in my humble opinion. But, if we will place our full identity in Christ... We will be known for much more than just a member of a little group. Just a person that was held in good standing amongst a particular religious tribe. You can be known as a Christian by your fellowship and other fellowships and saints that think they have it all figured out, and saints that are struggling young converts that need your help to figure it out. You can be known as somebody that is moral and Christ-like and good and honorable and honest by the grocer, the lawyer, the politician, the Salvation Army bell ringer, your neighbor, and your wayward troubled cousin that nobody likes. It's limitless if your identity is in Christ. You too can have an identity as broad as it was intended by God to be. Instead of just being known as a preacher, just being known as a singer, just being known as a Pentecostal, just being known as a Mennonite, you can be known as a Christian. There's a young man that I felt led of the Lord to speak to several years ago, and he's a... He's a good man. He's a good husband. He's a good father. He's a good Christian. He's a good preacher. And he's an unbelievable singer. And I could, I could see a particular very small group of people trying to push him and promote him and make him this top-notch singer in this particular group for this particular reason. And it was always going to be about singing. And I spoke to him about it. I whispered in his ear. I said, son, up, far be it from me to try to advise you or tell you anything. But this is what the Lord, I felt like, laid on my heart. And he asked me to speak. And I said, if they ask you to sing, sing for Jesus. If they ask you to preach, preach for Jesus. They want you to make sandwiches. Make the best sandwiches that you could possibly make for Jesus. But keep your focus on Christ. Not on singing. Not on the next song. Not on the next concert. Not on the next pat on the back for your amazing singing ability. And I'm not saying that any of this has happened because of that conversation. It happened because of the Lord was helping him. Maybe through me, maybe through several others for all I know. But but he's turned out to be an amazing well-rounded, godly man, and he's still an incredible singer. (laughs) You know, in Acts chapter 11, they first called him Christians at Antioch. We like to quote that. Matter of fact, go read that again. Go read Acts chapter 11 again. Read it and study for yourself why you think they were all of a sudden called Christians or Christ-like at Antioch. After everything that already happened, why now? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't because of the length of their robes. It does appear, however, to have something to do with the way that great... Christian men like Stephen and Barnabas interacted with the people over long periods of time. Do yourself a quick study on the lives and the characters of Stephen and Barnabas and you will find some amazing Christians. Not necessarily some amazing preachers or some talented singers or some great pastors There's nothing wrong with any of those. We have to have all of those. We have to have great pastors way way more than we have to have great preachers and great singers, but there's a place for all of them. But you go read it for yourself. Look at Stephen. Look at Barnabas. Look at how they came and interacted and for how long and and what went on there at Antioch. And all of a sudden they said, these people... Didn't say they're great orators. Didn't say they were great organizers. But they were great Christian men. Which is what we need again. And we need our focus on that or we're not going to get it. You look at Stephen and Barnabas and you find out, and men like them in the book of Acts, and you find out that Sometimes they got along excellently with the local Jerusalem clique. Sometimes, sometimes, not so much. But find me a place during it all that they didn't act Christ like. They were called Christians because they acted so Christ like. Sorry, they keep putting stuff on my screen here. What is your identity? I, I pray, I've asked myself that question every morning for a couple weeks now, but I pray that I can live in a way, and I may be not doing so great yet, but I'm, I'm trying harder than ever before. I want to live in a way where I am seen as something more than just a holiness preacher or something more than just the president and founder of HMA Ministries or more than just the guy that raised all that money for ministry and missions. More than just the guy that pushes the envelope and lit the fuse of that little group of religious people. Uh, Even more than just the guy that helped all the addicts get off drugs and stopped all the abortions. I believe that's all right, good, godly, holy things to do, and I work very hard at it. But, But I want to be Todd Sloggett, friend of Jesus. First and foremost, and all the time. Todd Sloggett, follower of Christ, servant of God whether preaching a missions conference or eating a ham sandwich, counseling an addict or changing a light bulb, instructing a room full of ministers or being criticized by them. Hide my life in you, Lord. Don't hide me in my little part of this little group that follows you. I want to come directly to the source so it's Surely to not be watered down. Hide me in you that I would be the most effective for them. Hide me in you. Let my identity be the identity of a Christian. First and foremost. And if that's offensive, God help us.